0: Online dating is a different ballgame from meeting someone in real life and in some ways, it's not. Learning about attractiveness and what makes relationships work can tell us a lot about how to use dating apps. Welcome to Maria Romano's True Love Nots! Maria invites best-selling author Barry Selby. They share what you should think about when engaging in online dating and how to become more desirable to anyone who comes across you or your online profile.
1: Hello, everybody out there. This is Maria Romano from True Love Nots from Las Vegas, Nevada. Well, I hope everybody's having a fabulous 2022. And you might be thinking about what you're going to be doing in your personal life in your professional life. Well, have I got a treat for you today. I am so excited. I have one of my first guests for 2022 on that. His name is Barry Selby from straight from LA. Okay. <laughs> right across the state lines. And he's going to be talking a little bit about himself and what he does in the dating industry and more importantly for women. So you women out there that listen to my podcasts. This is going to be a treat for you, and I want to just first of all welcome you. How are you doing today, Barry? Before I to give you a little bit of give them a little bit of a background about you.
0: I, I'm doing very well. Thank you for the invitation to be on your podcast. I'm grateful to be here.
1: Like I said, I am so excited, and I know my listeners are going to be excited. So before we jump into this, I want to just share with my listeners a little bit about Barry. And let me tell you something. I was impressed. Okay. Because I said to him, I felt like I was in the presence of an icon. So Barry is a passionate champion for the divine women feminine, helping strong, successful women create a balance in love. Isn't that important today? And to have also a successful business, and also personal life. These are things that are so important. He is on a mission. He's on a mission, my friends, to awaken women to own and express their feminine, magnificent, and majesty. That's right, ladies. Remember, you're always the prize. He helps his clients attract relationships that equal who they are. And as a relationship attraction expert, and I love that, I love that what Barry has to say, he's affectionately known as the love doctor, woohoo, to his friends and clients, with more than, gosh, 35 years, that's three and a half decades of training and experience, including a master's degree in spiritual psychology, and over 22 years as a spiritual counselor, he's helped thousands, thousands learn to love themselves and live in homelessness. He's also he's also okay with this impressive resume. He's a best-selling author, and his book is 50 Ways to Le- to Love Your Lover. And he helps singles and couples embody powerful principles for passionate and rich rewarding relationships. He's also an inspirational speaker as well. And on a sidebar, when you listen to this podcast, my dear friends, and you send me a review, I'm going to pick somebody to receive to be the recipient of Barry's book. So Barry, welcome.
0: Thank you so much. (laughs) Me, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, like I said, I am so, so excited. And actually, uh, you know, what you I was what you talk about, I listened to one of your YouTube videos, just as a matter of fact, this morning when I was running, which is the when I really get to listen to most of my podcasts and things like that. And I listened to a lot of relationship experts, because you know what we are we are never really an expert. We're just always learning in this industry. And you've been doing this for three and. A half decades. I mean, think about it; that is unbelievable. So, I will have a question for you: How did you get started? How did this journey start for Barry? <laughs> um,
0: well, actually, just to clarify something, I've been in the personal development field for over thirty-five years, but I've been coaching for or teaching for about fifteen years. Just to be clear. So, just to be clear, so over fifteen years ago, up to that point, my relationships have sucked. To be blunt. I had made many mistakes, screwed up many times, and having been in this personal development field, learning about how to be in a relationship, how to do better, how to be a better person, I was still messing it up. And so I knew something was off, something was missing. And after my last bad breakup, which is in 2006, um, I basically was like, okay, God, give me a sign, something, a clue, help me figure out what I'm missing. I know so much, but I'm still messing up. What am I doing wrong? What am I missing? Well, to to leapfrog ahead, I basically found myself in a retreat that was exposing me, so to speak, or at least educating me about being masculine around the feminine energy, to understand what masculine and feminine energy was, because I'd never really understood those terms before. And what I didn't realize was for the last, for the previous 20 plus years, I was in a lot of spiritual personal development work that was moving me more into a softness, into a feminine space without me even realizing it. And so I was dating women back then, they were more masculine than I was. They were more in charge, running the show, being being like leaders, which was very attractive. I'm not arguing about that. However, I'd be the passive second partner in that relationship. And because of the thing is, I had a deep aversion to being the macho, like I'm running the show, you know, you follow me, I'm taking charge, because that wasn't that was what my dad did. And I didn't want to follow that lead. So anyway, in this retreat, we were doing practice with the men and the women, with men being more masculine, women being more feminine through the weekend. And on the final break, when we came back together, we stood facing each other, 50 women, 50 men, give or take. And we'd spend the weekend as men, understanding, opening up to, and deepening in a masculine truth and owning it. So we're standing there, shoulder to shoulder with the men like brothers, like we were grounded, we knew who we were. And I felt like it was an amazing experience. Across from us was this wall of feminine light, Women owning the feminine. And it was it, I, I said I said it before, energetically brought me to my knees. Because when I saw that magnificence and what women w- really are in the feminine, I was absolutely in worship of that. And so I've been dedicated to serving that energy ever since, which is why my work is helping women own the feminine, because frankly, it's selfish. The more women I, I see in the feminine, the more rewarded I feel to see that in the world. And and also, just quickly sidebar: masculine and feminine energy are not uniquely just for one or the other. We carry both, but generally, in heterosexual relationships, men can be better at being the masculine, and women can be better at being in the feminine, as a natural, as a general rule. Again, there's exceptions, of course. So that's what led me to my work. And so, and also, to be honest, I've been, I've been a shoulder for women to cry on since I was about 15 years old. So it's always been in my nature to be the nurturer and the safe place for women. Didn't help my relationship, unfortunately, but it gave me a space for where I was safe for women to be with. So it's always been my gift to do that.
1: Wow. Well, you know, it's interesting that you said something. You admitted that you had relationships. Okay, let's just unpack this for a moment. <laughs> right. You admitted that you, you know what? They just failed. And, and now, first of all, let's, let's back up. We know you have masculine energy and feminine energy, right? So right there, but to actually admit to say, okay, I did, you know, i just, what am I doing wrong? And, and what I love about what you just said is that you actually worked on yourself. You didn't say, Hey, that relationship didn't work out. It was her fault it was her fault. And I think that's the key thing is when you're doing that, but, uh, listening to you, I can see why women enjoy speaking to you You have a very trusting, authentic way. And, and that's important with anybody that's an expert. So when that happens, then what happened from there, Barry? So you, you found out you just really embraced, you know, being in that feminine energy and welcoming it. And you were in relationships, right. That were more you know, where they would say the female was a little bit more masculine dominant, correct, with their personality. Well,
0: one of the keys, and this is the thing I tell my clients as well, is be aware of what your past relationships, the common threads of past relationships. Because the thing is, that relationship that happened in 2006, the breakup, the pattern dynamics, the way I felt afterwards is the same thing that happened twice before. So, three times in a row, the same relationship experience, different women. Because I'd been attracted to the same patterns. Not intentionally, not consciously, but in my unconscious, and that's the thing about relationship choices. We tend to be driven by an unconscious programming that's not what we're thinking. It's just how we get drawn in, and oftentimes we end up repeating the same patterns again and again. As a large part of my work, because I went through that myself, the thing I discovered, though, for me that put me in this work as well is understanding what it meant to be a masculine man. Meant I finally understood that I need to have a why in my life that was more than just I want to date when I find what I place. Like, what is my calling? What is my passion my purpose because in the masculine and let me differentiate between masculine and macho the way i've described macho from because when the way i experience it the machismo is it's ego driven selfish and it's neck up it's not very feeling it's not very gentle it's like it's like it's head and balls basically is that's kind of the way it works together that's the male energy which is unfortunately what's been driven so many parts of life the masculine energy is heart and spine. In in terms of zeal, it means there's a strong spine for direction and purpose, an open heart with compassion and care. So a man who's in his masculine is usually serving something greater than himself. Whereas a macho man is usually serving only himself. A little difference there. And so that's why I differentiate in a very simplistic way. And so what I've been doing for the last 15 years, since that transformation happened, is living my life teaching and serving the feminine on the planet. And I would have been single at that time because... What I've learned is that my purpose is what fulfills me and a relationship can add to that, but it won't replace it. And so I've been willing to let go of that requirement and to be transparent, having done all this work, it's hard to find someone to date who hasn't done their own work as well. <laughs> so,
1: you said something that is so important it's hard yeah. right when you've done work on yourself and tell me a little bit about the type of um you know your your atypical and they're not atypical but when a client comes to you and I'm assuming you deal with more women than men cuz but I can yeah. see you leading men definitely there's no question about that um what do you tell them what are your first steps that you say to them and sometimes I know it, it could be tough to give somebody feedback or criticism? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, the reality is, is that what what well, the for my clients and for anybody is that who we are is okay. It's what we've done that may not work for us. So it's learning to differentiate the two because we we make mistakes, but it's the mistakes we have to work with, not who we are. We are because in spiritual terms, from my background in spiritual psychology, we talk about we're spiritual beings having I mean, human experience. So we are already divine and perfect and whole have what we do and function as may not be mirroring that so well. So in our relationship choices, we may make made mistakes, may have made bad choices, we may have chosen relationships that really hurt us. And so my work with my clients is oftentimes is to help them remember that they're okay and that the patterns they've been running haven't helped them so let's rewire those patterns if so you don't carry them around anymore. That was your question Maybe yep. I'm,
1: I'm no sure. no no you did you it, so that's usually what they come and that's what you start so so also to um you teach women in particular and and I'm not trying to overshadow the men over here because but really when they come to you for seeking out your services and I don't know what age demographics you're dealing with, but you can add that in, in this question mm-hmm. is one of the things is you teach them how to love themselves again, which is yes. so important. And, and that's a work in progress. And tell me, could you expand a little bit more about that?
0: So don't see your first part, uh, most of my clients are usually above 40, 45, give or take, um, because most of these women have been through their past point of having the kids and marriage or relationships and they're looking for how to move forward and. Part of the journey, as I mentioned, one piece is to definitely go back and heal the patterns of the past. But the big piece of the work is really falling in love with themselves again. I mean, as a man, it's not easy to say that because, you know, we're tough, we're strong. We don't love ourselves. It's not, you know, but the reality is we need it just as much as women do. is self-love. But it's more than just, you know, I love myself, I'm fine. It's like, no, it's also to really to apply the loving to the parts inside that hurt those wounds, the, the, the um, issues, upsets, past experiences that don't work for us. And so self-love is an ongoing journey of support so that we choose for ourselves more effectively. We make better choices. We do things for ourselves that are more nurturing, more supportive, more inspiring. And so in relationship choices, we don't settle for less than we deserve. You know, I mean, to be honest, in the simpler way. I help my clients with the past, the present, and the future. The past being the past baggage, the issues in the past. The present being how do you take care of yourself, love yourself, and fulfill yourself. And then the future is where you want to go, what you want to attract. And the reason why I call myself a relationship attraction expert is because what women may not have been reminded of is the feminine energy is a magnet. That women, when you're on your feminine, you can attract anything and everything, which means you have to have discernment. <laughs> so be clear of what you want and let it come to you because the thing is a lot of women have been trained by our culture to act like the men and go pursue what they want to chase what they want well for us men if we get chased by a woman we like we're like sure no problem which is what i did and of course i get lazy which is what men can do we don't do the work so for women you want to be attractive but also be discerning so that men who you want to be around can find you but then they need to do the work to actually um court you
1: and, you know, that is so true. And in light of what's happened over the last 18 months, actually we're going to be 24 months with what's going on in the world. And because people were not getting out there and connecting in person, mm-hmm. uh, they say that 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 traditional style of courting has really that something that has come back to be, you know, to be the new norm is getting to know somebody a lot differently. So you said that you do basically most of your clients, not all of your clients, but are 40s and plus, plus, plus. Mm-hmm. And how do they deal with, with uh, going through the aging process? You know, that you, when you, when you start coaching them and putting themselves online and, you know, we, we put so much in the visual um, in portion of how we look, because when we think of feminine, right, what do we think of? We think well, a all curvy, but so let's, yeah, let's unpack that a little bit more.
0: <laughs> the way I describe it, and this is something I've learned myself, is that what has been said before is like men are attracted visually, and women are more attracted um, more kinesthetically, so your feeling level. What it really comes down to, uh, the way I break it down very simplistically, really, is that what men are attracted to is the light a woman shines. So it's not about their physical characteristics unless it is a magnifier for their light. Meaning that a woman's attractiveness, like how she wears her earrings and the makeup she wears and the way she carries herself, is a way of presenting her light to the world. For men, what women are looking for is that sense of trust they can have in him. Yes, it's good if they look good because it's, it's what leaps off the page, so to speak, is what you look in the page you go, oh, that person's attractive. Well, when you meet them in person, are they really attractive? Was it all that look they had in that two dimensional picture? So for men, what we, are, what we need to be for a woman is is reliable trustworthy and solid so they can lean on us there's something about that that women have when they find a man like that women can trust is miles above what they've had in the past for many many women they've had men that don't present that to them and that's the one thing about the masculine energy particularly it's a very grounded energy and it's what changed my life when i started realizing that i can really stand in that place and it's not so much physical strength it's almost emotional strength
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that place to hold so it's a, it's a gift to bring that
1: you know, emotions, and, and that's something, you know, we are all driven, and especially women in general, you're right, we're very emotion, emotional driven, and that is so true. And we need to know that somebody is going to be there for us. But I think, too, there's another side to that. Sometimes women will recognize that somebody coming into their life, and maybe you agree or disagree with it, is not the cure-all. Right. And that's something that I'm sure that you try to tell They're, that somebody's not going to save you. So what do you try to, you know, inspire and get, you know, touch on with your clients when it comes to that?
0: We've been trained by Hallmark and various romantic movies to think that when someone shows up, they make us feel OK. You know, the quote from Jeremy McGuire I always use is about you completely. Well, it sounds romantic, but it's absolutely bullshit, to be blunt, because... <laughs>
1: wait disclaimer i am a big hallmark junkie so okay go ahead
0: <laughs> this is the thing is that it's wonderful to enjoy the fantasy but the reality is none of us are incomplete so when you say you complete me that's a trap because it implies that you're not complete and the other person's complete be your completion and i have a video series on youtube called cracking the codependency code at a shop with a friend of mine and we did like a two-hour conversation that she made to five videos and one of them we talked about the puppet master Because what happens when you're in a codependent relationship, because when you are incomplete and somebody else makes you feel better, then they're in charge of your feelings because they're making you feel better. So if they take that making you feel better away from you, you get upset. So literally their presence and the way they treat you is what makes you feel a certain way. You let it make you feel a certain way versus you feel okay anyway. And then when they show up, you're like, oh, that's even better. But the trap is in codependency. We end up being so in with other people they almost have like puppet strings to control your emotional state. So when you're in a relationship with somebody and they upset you, that's not actually accurate. You're getting upset by something they did or didn't do. But when you say they upset you, you're giving them them power over your feelings. Reality is if they're doing something, you're getting upset about it. You get to do the work on yourself. So they don't trigger you anymore, but it's not about them doing anything different. I mean, within reason, I mean, if they're, you know, if they're keying your car, that can be upsetting. But the, th- the thing it comes down to is that you, you still need to do the part to disengage the emotional reaction. So you can then handle what happens to be ha- needs to be handled in an effective way.
1: And you know, that it, it's true because that's what happens. We give somebody permission that really overtakes our emotional being, but you know it's interesting because admit women that I speak to when it comes to getting out there in the dating world and younger women too, they fantasize. So, I, as a matter of fact, I had a gal that I was speaking to not too long ago who met somebody online, hadn't met them yet. They had conversation, but she said this could be the one. And you know what can we? do? And right away, we, before you know it, we've already met the person, been courted, got married, had babies or kittens or whatever it is right and you're going off on a cruise but so what do you recommend to, as just to not to really kind of stay grounded and just look at what the try not to have an expectation level and not to actually start daydreaming what do you recommend
0: well it's okay to have a have a positive ideal of what's possible yes but when you start building a house with that notion any foundation you're really risking it collapsing and yes i, I it's true i mean i I've done it myself in the past too men and women both do this is we we build a fantasy on top of what isn't true yet and it's challenging because it's our heart so we get very caught up in what's happening however when you've met somebody just keep checking in with the reality of what's happened so far like you've seen their profile great you've had a couple of text messages have you had a phone call yet have you done a video chat which I recommend highly, by the way, early on, especially with the the current situation we're in, a video chat is a much more safe way to meet somebody than you can decide if you want to meet them in person. Because there are many, many instances where people met in person and who they were in real life didn't have any relationship to what they put in their profile. So don't don't presume yet. Yes, have a high possibility. Be be positive about the possibility of being somebody special. But don't be too attached to that result having to happen. They won't be so just dis- you'll be so disappointed if it doesn't work out. and then you'd be excited when it does.
1: So th- that's interesting. You were talking about your profile and online. So what is your um, what do you recommend with your clients when it comes to dating and getting out there? because you know there's a certain age demographics that's still, and that's still a little resistant resistant to that online dating. You know I, we hear a lot about it. So what do you tell your clients to in order to maximize? your exposure to meeting somebody?
0: Well, first of all, I'm, I'm not I'm not a pro, an expert in writing dating profiles. There are other people I know who are good at that. I can refer people to them. But I do know that when you're putting a dating profile up, be honest, right? Like, yes, be willing to put your age specifically. Don't say up the top, it's like this age and say in the comments, well, I'm really 10 years older than that. like, that doesn't work so well because it creates a sense of distrust. And if, if you're, you're being literally, if your dating profile is meant to encourage someone to meet you, then you want to make sure it tells them who you are. So pictures that are telling you people who you are, like having pictures of yourself, not of you, just of your pets. If you're with your pets, if you need to, yes. But not just, I mean, I've, I've, I'm a single guy, so I'm on the dating app. So just be transparent. I've seen a, a board of different profiles. And some of them almost crack me up. I almost want to write to them and say, I can help you write a better profile. And I'm not an expert. I can see where their gaps are. But, like another thing is also, if you're somebody who's, who's coming back into dating after a long time, put in your, what you're looking for up front. If you're looking for a monogamy, serious, committed relationship, put that in the profile. Don't just put it in the preferences at the top, but write it out so people see it. Because some people in the dating apps aren't just looking for hookups or for something simple. And if you want more than that, make it front and center so people will see it. So, in your dating profile, put accurate pictures. You know, don't put pictures from 10 years ago, please. Regardless of gender, both genders do this. Um, Write about what you want, be honest, and be willing to be blunt with people in the dating ads. Because the other thing also, you might be getting attention you don't want. And if you're noticing, what's the other thing? If you're getting feedback, like by getting six, seven different people approaching the same way, and it's not what you want, what's in your dating profile that's that's inspiring that? Mm -hmm. Because that can be feedback. You can adjust your dating profile accordingly.
1: And but that's a, and that's good advice. And I always tell it's you know people to if you really you want to write a killer profile and have somebody help you. It just yes. it just makes it all that much better. You have, you pay somebody to write your resume, so why not do the same when it comes to your dating profile? All right, so okay. let's transition. Well, uh, yes, one quick thing:
0: right. I would also recommend you may want to get somebody the opposite sex to look at your profile because that will give you more feedback as well
1: love that advice everybody listening he is so <laughs> right you are so so right so and i understand what you're saying when it comes to being transparent that is so through and being authentic putting your age because i'm i myself too um i'm single as well on and and sometimes now this is a stigma that does happen with women in their 60s people just won't give them a chance and that's something, too. So I think it's important that we do the same as women and men, wouldn't you say? Not to always, even though sometimes a profile might not look the best, right? Give them an opportunity.
0: Um, yes. Maybe and, or no. And,
1: well,
0: this is the thing. Pictures can tell a story. Yes. So what story are you telling?
1: Right. That's true. So an incomplete profile really doesn't work. And I definitely agree. I agree as as a woman that's dating and also as a woman that's out there helping, you know, other people put their best foot forward. So I want to transition from uh, this book. Okay, 50 ways, 50 ways to love your lover. All right. So tell me, is this book about you or who is this about?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the way it's described is 50 principles of healthy relationships.
1: Okay, 50 principles. But still, it's 50 ways to love. But you're right. It's as healthy. And
0: and every one of those principles I've learned through either mistakes or through my own education. So I didn't tell stories in there. That's really, it's a teaching book versus a self-exposure book. Um, I mean, that book, it started out as social media posts, literally. I was writing about what I believed early on in my coaching work, and I put up on social media different principles. I ended up with about 60 different things I was writing about, like putting on different one every day. And a friend of mine said, you should probably save them, do something with those. And I was like, I, I don't know what to do with them. With, for about two weeks, I was just, I I'd, I'd put them into a Word document, let them sit there, and a the little voice in my back my head said, write a book. And I was, I was almost going like, like what's that? A distraction, Just not interested." In After about a week and a half of this, I finally said, okay, because the voice wouldn't stop telling me, write a book. I said, how would I do it? And it showed me. What I, what I had done is I'd written the intros to about some of the chapters. So I ended up with 50 because I had some duplicates and stuff in there. And it took me six weeks to write the book. And then I got scared for a year and didn't do anything with it. So the book's been through its journey.
1: Well, you know what? It probably is a great book. So, so listen for our listeners out there, the three tips that you would give them from the book, as far as if, you know, if you're in a relationship or maybe even looking just quickly, just three tips that you would recommend principles that they can use that you think might be the best. I'm sure all 50 are fabulous. But well, there's would a few help. things
0: in there. Um, I mean, I've mentioned a few of them in this conversation, but one of them is really is do your own inner work so that you're not um, at the mercy of what other people think of you or say about you. So you can be autonomous and don't react to everything that happens around you. So that's one of them. Um, another one is really to put yourself first in terms of self-nurturing take care of yourself, doing things that make you feel good. Because again, when you take care of yourself, then you don't need other people to do it for you, but when they do, it's a bonus. So that's two. Um, what's another one? I'm just thinking like something the one's pull from. Well, one of the to talk about, which is true for men, especially with women as well, is what, are your, what is your why? What are you up to? What, what inspires you? Find what really fulfills you and go do that because that you can bring back to the relationship as well, with your single or in a relationship. So have something that inspires you in the world and makes you passionate about something that makes you, because when you're passionate and you're focused on something, it makes you more attractive. So the side effect of doing something great is people go, wow, she's cool, he's cool, which makes you more attractive if you're single. And if you're in a relationship, you might just get more attention from your lover.
1: Well, you're right. And when you find what you're passionate about, you shine. When you shine, what does that do? That That's an attraction magnet. Yeah, You just said it yourself, and that is so true. Okay, so I always like to talk to my guests. I like to talk a little bit about them as well. So I'm going to put you on the hot seat there. (laughs) Yes. I mean, listen, this is Las Vegas, right? I'm in Las Vegas. They say there's no rules, but there are rules. But so I have to ask you, first of all, we talk about movies. What is your all-time favorite movie?
0: Oof, boy. I got to pick between three actually.
1: Okay, share them.
0: Well, Top Gun, when it came out,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that was 80, 1986, was a very very powerful year for me. And that movie I saw four times in one year because it was such a profound moment in my life. So the victory of that. Um, Princess Bride, because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. That's oh, actually, to be honest, that's probably my favorite movie of all time, Princess Bride. I can quote most of it off the top of my head. Um, the other one I was going to say was Galaxy Quest because I'm a science fiction nerd. And like Galaxy Quest was the most joyful loving send-up of star trek and those sort of movies and always loved it but i'd say princess bride is my favorite of all three
1: interesting i would never expect top gun yes now i didn't um your last one the galaxy quest or whatever i have not seen that one princess bride is great because listen let's face it i like all those type of movies all right so what is your favorite song favorite song
0: that is always changing
1: Oh, that's okay. You have anything li- lately that you've just really loved to listen to?
0: Um, actually, so <laughs> having said that, but being very present, I did a retrospective because I happened to find a, a YouTube video. There was a documentary on one of my bands growing up called Genesis. Okay. And so I happened to start listening to a bunch of their older songs on, on, in iTunes. And just remember all the songs I loved from back then. So um, Landmarks Land, Down Land, Land, and Broadway was one of my classic favorites of all time, which is from Genesis back in the day. Peter okay. you still with the band. Um, but there are other songs over the years. I mean, I, I have, a because basically I listen to a lot of eclectic music, so I don't have anything in particular I listen to all the time because mm-hmm. my music taste varies. So, okay. so I on think one in Genesis.
1: And, and any book, any great book that you've read that really stuck with you, whether it's business, you know, a personal...
0: Um, a book I well, I listen to audio audiobooks a lot. A book I listened to a couple of years ago that really landed for me was a book by Michael A. Singer called The Surrender Experiment, hmm. and it's basically his, his biography and his journey. And how he got led to where he got led to by surrendering was such a powerful story about how spirit works through our lives. So, that book was one of my favorites I've read. My favorite book of all time, though, um is Illusions by Richard Bach.
1: Okay, interesting. So let's take a moment and talk about the spiritual well-being, you mm-hmm. know, because that's something that you've really, really started you three and a half decades in into this and and how you've kind of evolved into this particular world helping people. So spiritually, where 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 do you stand? I mean, what what makes you feel good about yourself on the inside and, and helping other people?
0: Well, as, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, we're spiritual beings having a human experience um, from my background in spiritual psychology. But I've been a member of and a spiritual licensed spiritual counselor from my spiritual center in LA called Agape, which I've been going to for twenty seven, twenty eight years now. Wow. And that teaching, I mean, I've been, I was t- studying with Course in Miracles with, with Mary Ann before that, and other teaching before that. So I've been in spiritual journey for a long time. But I got I was born and raised Jewish up until my mitzvah. And after that, things went off the rails a bit for me because I didn't find myself a lion to that teaching. So I started out religious, became more spiritual. And so for me, having had a couple of near-death experiences and having had some spiritual um openings is an understatement, but being blown open by spirit, I know that this experience we have here is only part of our experience, not all of our experience. The way I described it with a friend of mine is that basically when we're born we come in and we're giving a rental car which is this body and we drive this this car through life And at the end of our life we, we get out the rental car give it back and then we go back to where we come from which is our spiritual expression so i believe that this human experience is not the be or and end of us we don't start when we're born and end when we die we check in when we're born and we, we check out when we're when we leave so to speak so i have a firm belief of that and i have enough experience and i have friends of mine who are let's just say connected to the other side that I know there's more to this than just human experience. So that's, and, that's the small way of saying what's so big.
1: And you're Jewish, so they don't believe in that, I thought, technically. I thought most Jewish people well, feel when you die, you die. But well, we,
0: no, we, the, we believe in, in, we don't believe in hell. We don't well, believe in Satan. Yeah. Okay. That, that's for a for, a for real. Um, But again, I've, I left the spiritual, even though I'm, I'm still Jewish by sort of blood, I don't feel Jewish by my spiritual beliefs.
1: I understand. listen, I'm a cradle Catholic. I totally understand. But I have to ask you, <laughs> yeah. your accent, your dialect, where is it from?
0: <laughs> I'm English.
1: Okay. So they, they thought so. No wonder I fell in love with your accent, ladies. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. So Barry, so, Barry, what are you looking for in a relationship? I get a lot of ladies that listen to this. You never know. You might get a bunch of DMs. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm looking for a woman. As I said, I've been on this birth journey for a long time. So I want to be with a woman who's done her work on her own way that may complement what I've done. That's the starting point. And then someone who is, is willing to do. And ultimately, I'm looking to find a partner to speak on stage and teach this work with spiritual relationship, all of that stuff. So someone who's got a background and that she owns her path in the world and she takes care of herself. I mean, I, I exercise every day. I, I, I hike and I bike every day. Now, Thanks to having an Apple Watch, I'm, I've been committed for over a year doing this since the lockdown, and I want someone who's going to basically do the same thing so that can keep me going. I mean, that's selfish, I know, but someone who can play with and explore with and travel with and all those sort of things. So, someone who's and someone's got a passport. So oh,
1: passport, so important, don't you think? You just never know because eventually the world is not going to stay the way it is. It might have changed, but I definitely. So, on closing thoughts, is there anything you'd like to share with our listeners? Anything that you? would do you think would be important? I would just love for you give you that opportunity.
0: Um, first of all, I'll say we all deserve love, and we all deserve amazing relationships, and we deserve our own love first. Start there; everything else is easy, or easier.
1: Wow. Well said. Like I said, I have been in the presence of an icon and and seriously, I I can't begin to thank you the information you shared. And again, those of you that, that are there that are listening, that'll be watching, please send me a note. I will put your name in a hat and I will draw it and I will send you one of Barry's books, because I'm going online today and I'm ordering a few of them. And then I'll send you my book as well, going from just one to a plus one. So for everybody out there, please, you know, as, as you heard Barry say, and this is what I always say, love what you do, because that really makes you shine and continue to stay healthy, happy, and safe. And as I always say, spread love, have a fabulous day. Bye everybody.